Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast, and this is Dan Campana, Director of Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to our final episode for 2021. And uh, it's been a fun year with the podcast, as always, uh, being able to delve into uh, a variety of little different topics and talk to some folks that uh, maybe you've never heard from before with ENA staff and also with our members, members who are doing uh, great things out uh, at the stretcher side and beyond. And uh, today, we're, we're going to focus on giving season. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you're like me, you procrastinate. So maybe you haven't finished shopping yet, or you realize that Amazon is really good at getting things to you fast. So, um, you know, it's giving season and the foundation has had a wonderful year and it's a great way to finish it off and to really help kind of illustrate what the foundation does. Uh, today, I, I'm, I'm happy to welcome Brittany Punches, uh, who's an assistant professor at the University of Cincinnati's College of Nursing, uh, but is a, a ENA Foundation grant recipient and and uh, learn a little bit more about Brittany's story and, and really what the foundation through the grants and obviously the other things the foundation does, how it benefits, you know, emergency nurses today, but it really creates a springboard for the future. And uh, Brittany will also talk a little bit about how, you know, by doing research, you're actually kind of paying it forward to the profession as well. So Brittany, welcome to the ENA podcast. Hi, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. So Brittany, let's start like I usually do with these. Tell us a little bit about your background, um, you know, what you've done professionally, uh, getting involved with ENA, and then most importantly, how you sort of discovered the ENA Foundation. Yeah, so I started in the emergency department in 2008. I actually started as um, a registration clerk, so like collecting insurance information and um, eventually became a PCA in the emergency department. And then going through nursing school, I finished up and became an ED nurse. Um, I guess it was like 2011 or so. So I, um, you know, I didn't know too much about the ENA at the time. I wish that I would have known about all like the student activities and things like that. Um, but it was really 2014 when I started to like dip my toe and I uh, became a member and I started attending conferences and things like that. Um, and I didn't know about the foundation even um, back when I started until I, I um, met who's now a colleague of mine, but uh, she was a professor at the University of Cincinnati and she had received an ENA foundation grant and had told me a little bit about it. And so I kind of started you know, digging in more there. So when we talk about the grants, um, you know, research is kind of a scary thing. And I, I, we've had some episodes on the podcast in the past around, you know, nurses. Um, there are some nurses that really are like, yeah, research. I can't wait. I want to get into it. And there's a number of nurses that are like, oh, I never thought I would get into research. And one of the things that usually trips up is, well, how do you get it? You know, how do you get supported for that beyond just the, the nuts and bolts of how you put together a research project and the different types? For you, you know, was research something that was um, always interesting to you, or was you know the academic and the research side something that developed as time went on in your career? It definitely developed. I I think that I was probably in that case where I thought it was scary, and I I never thought that I was a great writer or anything like that. Um, but I remember talking to somebody who I didn't know at the time was a really prominent researcher, and I was like, I just have so many questions. Like, why, you know. Uh, why is this this way? And I feel like when we have these patients come into the emergency department, I feel like we're putting band-aids on bullet holes. And I just, I don't understand. And, and 
that person told me that I would never be satisfied until I got the answers to my questions through research. And um, I kind of, uh, you know, wavered a little bit and she recommended that I enroll in a class in the PhD program. And I found it a little less scary that I got to let, you know, see some of the things that they were doing. And then from there, it really just, it's kind of like a muscle when you write more and more, it's just, it, there's less anxiety around it. And I just kind of dove in and, and it definitely takes knowing people and kind of having someone um, maybe hold your hand through the process until you really, you know, get okay at it. Sure. And, you know, it's one thing to come up with the question that you want to answer and you think about how you want to create something that the results will benefit people at the bedside, you know, or stretcher side. Um, for you, at what point did you go from, okay, I've got all of that, but, you know, I probably need some help, you know, from a financial side, I need some support and, you know, how that led to, led you to, to learn more about the foundation and actually get into applying for a grant. Yeah. Uh, so when you start out in research, like, um, you know, you can't just dive into things, right? You, you have to have a little bit of practice and things like that. So um, I received, I became an assistant professor in um, 2018. And it's like, well, how do I like start projects? How do I do this? And they, they like recommend that you, you kind of look into potentially finding funding places. Um, I, I think it's achievable for anyone, really, you know, depending on what level you are, if you're a newbie, or if you're um, you know, more, uh, more advanced in your, in your career, you can, you can apply it at any point. Um, and I actually, I was kind of intimidated by the process, but I didn't actually receive the grants that I had applied for, which okay. is a really interesting thing. Like, um, somebody else actually received the grant and, but then I got a call from the ENA foundation and they said, we liked your proposal so much that we're just going to go ahead and fund that one as well. So I got um, I, I got a grant that just was you know I didn't actually uh, receive the the official one that I applied for, but they said well we'll go ahead and fund you too, which I was just like oh my gosh, thank you so much because it started my career in in research really with the first funded project that I had. And you know, going into that process, I've heard from others who have been recipients of, of grants and the scholarships that sometimes it's done with the mindset it's like, well, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to get it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Were you were you pessimistic, optimistic, and certainly the result was even you know uh, beyond what you had expected. But uh, you know, is, is there a little bit of uh, hesitancy when you got into that point? It's like, well, if they like it, maybe, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I mean, I was hopeful, but I did I didn't know, you know, like a you never know if your idea is good enough or, you know, there's a little bit of anxiety and sure. things like that. Like, did I do it right? Did I cross all the T's and dot all the I's and did I, you know, sell it? But, um, you know, I think that just getting it submitted is like an achievement in itself. But um, I was, you know, super excited that it, it was actually selected. So. So you've gone through the process now, right? I mean, you've, you've conducted your research. You've, um, I, I understand that you've been published in the Journal of Emergency Nursing. Tell, tell us a little bit about what your project was and, and what resulted and, um, you know, what's in, what made it into GEN? Because certainly, you know, that is the, you know, research journal for emergency nurses. So that, that's a pretty uh, outstanding thing to, to have on your resume and knowing the, the, the broader benefit that comes from being published in GEN. But tell us a little bit about what, uh, what your project was. 
Yeah. So it's about emergency nurses' perceptions on pain and uh, addiction and opioid overdose. Um, and, and I wanted to really, you know, kind of dig into what nurses thought about all those different areas. And then eventually I wanted to also uh, tie in what patients thought about that. So I did receive additional funding later on um, to look at what patients thought about pain and addiction and overdose. Uh, and the one that was, there was a, a couple of different uh, things that were published from it. So like I got to use it for multiple different things. Um, one was on um, nurses' perception of naloxone distribution, um, which was something that was kind of surprising to me because I didn't, I guess I didn't think that it was gonna come out of the research, but um, there were a lot of really strong opinions about handing out naloxone to patients. And uh, so those findings that were published, then we took that forward and made an educational video to try to help um, reduce some of the stigma for patients. And um, I worked with a, a peer who's in recovery from addiction themselves. And we sat down and we looked at the findings. And so one of the findings would be like, um, well, I don't understand why we're giving this medication for free when there's other medications that um, other patients might need, like um, insulin or an, an inhaler or an EpiPen, something like that. Sure. And he kind of like point by point went through it to try to explain the reason. So it was a really great education video. And then we use that. Um, so we kind of reform some of the nursing education in, in the EDs, local in the emergency departments locally. And then we shared it uh, through other emergency departments in the state of Ohio. And we'd hope that um, it'll be uh, used nationally eventually. I can't think of too many more timely topics, uh, you know, and certainly uh, the formation of that question, you know, on your side has to, you know, arguably, you know, it's hard to say that couldn't come from your own experience and working in an ED and certainly having peers and colleagues that you could turn to and say, hey, this is, this is still a problem, right? And to really, you know, delve into a few different aspects of that. And one of the you know, most interesting things I've learned about, you know, nursing, emergency nursing research in the last couple of years is really um, that straight line between the research to takeaways and somebody who reads this in gen or reads any of what you've worked on can go, okay, now I get it. Now I'm seeing it. So is there anything more satisfying as a researcher than to know that there is a practical application or some practical knowledge that any nurse can read and then take away from what you've created? Oh yeah. It's just really exciting just to see like um, it come alive. You know what I mean? And, and you can, um, translate it and you can see people like having successes with it. I was in a meeting yesterday um, with some folks across the state of Ohio and uh, there was like success stories where um, we got patients into treatment for um, their addictions and um, where I've heard about people being revived from the naloxone that we had distributed. And so it's just really exciting to see like the tangible work from it. The other part that comes to mind for me is this whole full circle of, you know, the research and the grant and being able to then provide this and, and expand this out. And, you know, the foundation certainly comes from the perspective always uh, and over its 30 years, uh, neglected to mention earlier, it's the 30th anniversary of the foundation that's wrapping up this year. But through all those years, it's really been about supporting the future of emergency nurses. And some of it is career driven 
which certainly being able to have some funding to do research that you want to pursue can benefit you career-wise, but it benefits the, the specialty and so many more. And, um, you know, so that's a great kind of full circle moment, you know, when it comes to that. So being a researcher and having gone through a grant process, I'm sure you, um, whether it's a formal mentoring or if it's just more of the, you're the person people now, you know, the person you looked for to ask questions of, now you're that person getting those questions. Um, whether they're ENA members or not, I mean, how, how do you sort of encourage them to look for opportunities such as ones that maybe like the ENA Foundation offers, that there is support out there for folks that have great ideas, they want to pursue it, but maybe they get hung up on the, how do I fund this? Or how do I really get that backing to get the ball rolling? Because you started in a small way and look at how much it's grown. Yeah, I, I think just kind of start with an idea and, um, you know, kind of shop it around, talk to people that you know and trust and say, like, what do you think about this? You know, um, if they have that, like, curiosity mind, if they have that research mind, they'll be able to give you some really good feedback. And, uh, you know, I just kind of start with my research questions, and then I take it to my, my trusted colleagues and like, hey, you know, tear this apart, like, tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. Uh, Because I, I think that's the best way. And then you just kind of um, go from there. I definitely think having mentorship, whether it be somebody in, in academia, like, um, you know, a, a professor that you work with, or if it's like your educator in your uh, department or um, someone that you were like uh, in school with, something like that would definitely uh, help be helpful. And you were talking about career um, advancements. And I, I kind of, I didn't really mention it, but the, this award led directly to, I received a, a career development award from the National Institute for Drug Abuse. Uh, it's like a five-year grant that's almost a million dollars, not quite a million dollars, wow. um, to look at patients' decisions to use opioids after the emergency department visit. So I use it as like pilot data and the publications and everything in there. So it really, I mean, it directly fed into that. Um, so it was fantastic for my career. <laughs> so I would say ultimately, you you know, um, if you you are sort of the poster, you know, the poster person for you know what can come from taking that leap and um, you know looking at what the foundation can offer. And certainly, there's a wide variety of grants and scholarship opportunities. So, um, do you ever feel like you know that's a uh, I don't want to say sales pitch, but it's like hey. If you're an ENA member, this is something that you could also look into because look at what I've been able to to derive from this opportunity. Oh my gosh, yeah, I, I think like um, it. You just it just starts with a little seed, you know, and then you can just keep watering it and keep keep adding to it. So that little seed, it's like a a trickle that the faucet will, you know, a trickle of water in the faucet will turn on, and and it'll just kind of increase from there. Um, and then the other thing I forgot is I also was uh, recently inducted as a fellow into the Academy of Emergency Nursing as well from like some of the work that was done. So it's You've just had a busy year. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, so, and I mean, this was funded, I believe it was 2018. So it was just a short um, time, but it really just, you know, grew tremendously. Well, that's great. And, and really, you know, I think that's the story of the foundation and, you know, over its, its three decades of being able to 
is sort of meet nurses where they're at and what they need. And sometimes it's a little help to get to conference and certainly expanding our international scholarships, bringing people here when we're able to be in person. And certainly we're hoping that that's part of what 2022 brings back is the opportunity for, um, as you mentioned, going to conferences and things like that, you know, for people to gather to get again and really, uh, you know, attach themselves to everything that ENA can offer when it comes to things like conference, but to know that there's these, these grant opportunities that, um, really can be game changers for people. And it's a bit of a game changers, a cliched phrase, but when you just described all that's gone on in about three years because of that, I think that's uh, about as much as anybody could show to the value of what the foundation can offer. Um, Brittany, anything else you want to add just in general about, you know, your experience with the foundation and really, you know, um, what you encourage others or would encourage others to, to consider when they're sort of in your shoes with an idea or they're just like, maybe they don't know as much about the foundation, you know, because they're early on in their, their career or early on in their time with ENA. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just take the chance. You know, if, if you have an idea that you're like, maybe this, maybe this is a good idea, you know, take a chance shop it around, get other people's opinion, and then go ahead and shoot for it. You know, um, I don't think that there's any harm in taking the risk and in, in submitting and you might get funded and then you might see all these additional things. Um, and then the other thing is, is that, yeah, I, you, you talked about Amazon and um, making sure that your donations go to the ENA and I've, I've been doing that. And because I try to give back to, you know, someone that, that, or the, the foundation that's helped me so much. Um, and then also just encouraging other um, donations. I know that I, I work with my uh, state chapter and we try to also help with donations through that as well. So you know, you you actually you know finished my interview before I could even get to it, and talking about how to you know to to help pay it forward that way, and certainly um, some of the best examples of you know supporters of the foundation are those who have benefited from it. And I know from Chairperson Sally Snow through everybody on the the board of trustees, that is the ultimate uh, opportunity to communicate the value of the foundation is uh, from people such as yourself that you know have lived through the value of it and are now putting you know putting something back into it in a variety of ways. And it's been a, a very successful year for the foundation and setting records through the Ian Strong Challenge and everything that they've done, they've just seen so much support swell up. And uh, certainly it sounds like you, uh, you know, whether it's uh, straight up donation or whether it's doing things like, you know, I'll mention Amazon Smile here in a moment, but um, certainly there's a number of opportunities to uh, continue to, to help the person who's in your shoes three years from now, you know, and, and down the road. So, uh, Brittany, I appreciate you taking some time to be a part of the ENA podcast and uh, uh, sharing your experience with the foundation and, and congratulations to you on, on your success in these last few years. Thanks so much, Dan. And you know, these weren't just shameless plugs for Amazon that we made. There is an Amazon tie to all of this um, through the end of the year. So if, like I mentioned at the start, uh, if you're a last minute shopper and you're, you're a prime person or things like that, definitely look at your, you know, go through Amazon Smile and uh, make sure you put Location Schomburg for Emergency Nurses Association. Um, using Amazon Smile, 5% of your purchase will benefit the ENA Foundation, which goes to benefit folks such as Brittany and everyone else who uh, is looking to advance their career or, you know, even just get to conference, you know, and, and hopefully everybody is able to come together in Denver uh, later in 2022. So you, you've got that sitting out there from the foundation to support them. And uh, I'll also mention that there is currently, um, you know, the research grant 
from the EMF and uh, the ENA Foundation, the Emergency Medicine Foundation, and the ENA Foundation. Uh, applications are currently open for that through February 4th. And that's a $50,000 grant for research that will advance the evidence base of on safety measures for emergency department healthcare professionals. So you can support the foundation through Amazon Smile here in these next couple of weeks. And if you are looking to make the next step in your research journey, uh, the EMF ENA, ENA Foundation uh, grant application period uh, is open for another month and a half or so. So that's it for this episode of the podcast and for this year's uh, variety of episodes. So I appreciate everyone for uh, joining us throughout the year on the podcast. We hope that you'll come back and listen uh, to everything that we do in 2022. Um, thank you to the thousands of people who have downloaded the episodes uh, throughout the year. And something I, I always enjoy being able to mention that uh, we have more people downloading the podcast overseas and in international countries, then we have members in international countries. So if you're one of our international listeners, um, and whether you're a member or not, thank you for uh, your interest in the ENA podcast and in ENA. And if you want to join us, yeah, I can certainly help figure out, help you find the place to do that by going to ena.org slash membership so that you can be a part of the big emergency nursing community that we have here. With all of that, thank you for listening today, and we will see you in 2022 on the ENA podcast.